Coming up, what happens when you retaliate against the wrong guy in a dirt race? Plus news and results from the past 24 hours, and it's Q&A time today. Let's go. It's Thursday, July 6th. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. We'll kick today's uh, show off with a dirt racing version of, come on, man. Back to Monday night at uh, Waynesfield Raceway Park, the non-wing Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series was in action for a 30-lap main event. Series points leader Ricky Lewis started from the 10th position and ended up driving through the field to pick up the victory over Luke Hall and Cody Swanson. In the process, though, Lewis made some sketchy moves and drew the ire of several competitors. One of those moves involved a poorly timed slide job near halfway on third running Paul Dews. Two made contact, which then sent Dews off the backstretch. The caution was thrown as Dews rejoined the racetrack, and the driver was clearly upset about the way he was raced. That's not uncommon. Under the caution, Dews decided to retaliate against the offender, eventually spinning out the black race car and ending up with his front bumper through the driver side opening. The only problem was, Dews wrecked the wrong guy. Instead of going after Ricky Lewis, he wiped out Landon Simon, who was not involved in the original incident at all. Simon was obviously upset about the whole thing and was eventually restrained by series and track officials after he climbed out of his car uh, and did some yelling and some other things to try and show his displeasure. Simon posted to social media later on that Dews' car hit his arm and had his head pinned against the seat, which I think would have most drivers probably pretty upset. Lewis ended up taking the win on the night, and Dews was DQ'd for the rest of the program. In response to everything that happened, the Boss Series issued a statement yesterday following a complete review of the night. Ricky Lewis has been placed on probation for the next three races for his actions, uh, you know, as he was driving through the field, and Dews is suspended for the remainder of the 2023 Boss and Fast Series seasons. I think both are the right call, and regardless, you know, of who Dews is as a guy normally and what went down, you cannot use your car as a weapon. And it's made even worse by the fact that Dews ended up going after the wrong driver and the wrong car. He's lucky Simon wasn't seriously hurt in the incident. Paul Dews, come on, man. The Boss Series is back at it on Saturday at Atama. You can watch it live over on The Cushion. Uh, last night's Summer National Show at Red Hill ended up being postponed because of weather. Uh, they will try again on Monday, July 10th. The series is headed for Macon Speedway tonight, and things are full go after their recent uh, uh, storm damage that they had from the facility. Tonight is the 43rd running of the Herald and Review 100 at Macon, and uh, their busy weekend continues Friday and Saturday with USAC Sprint Cars. A really great effort there from everybody at Macon to get that track repaired from the storm damage and be ready for these races. But unfortunately, Macon isn't the only recent example of a track damaged by storms. I got alerted to this via an email last night, but Eagle Raceway in Nebraska is currently cleaning up and repairing their facility after a Tuesday storm knocked a light pole into the grandstands. Track owner Roger Hayden told local news WOWT that he thinks it's about $80,000 in damages. They do have a plan in place for some temporary lighting and repairs and still hope to race this coming Saturday night. With the Super Dark Car Series on Wednesday, Matt Shepard went to victory lane in the previously postponed 75-lapper at Orange County Fair Speedway. Larry White led early from the pole and Brett Hearn was out front for a bit as well, but Shepard got to the lead on lap 44 and was in control the rest of the way. Hearn settled for second with White in third at the checkered. With Matt Williamson down in 14th on the final rundown, Shepard was able to extend the championship lead to 35 points now. 
I don't know if it was as bad as it looked on Duravision, but Orange County looked dusty last night. It's a shame because we had a good battle out front for a lot of that race. Super Dirt Car Series is back July 11th at Big Diamond. In some racetrack news, the future for Pennsylvania's Pittsburgh Motor Speedway has been in doubt for a while as the Miley family worked through selling the track. Uh, in the last week, a deal was closed with P uh, Pittsburgh area businessman Blair Crest Jr. purchasing the Speedway. Crest supposedly has a local landscaping and tree service, but according to a release from the track, he does plan on continuing to operate it as a racing facility. The deal is effective immediately, and PPMS has racing this coming Saturday. To see more details, head over to ppms.com. Up at Deer Creek Speedway tonight, the Gopher 50 weekend gets going for the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. Thursday and Friday are 5,000 to win prelim programs to help set up Saturday's action. Uh, that is going to result in a 50,000 to win main event. Like we talked about back on Monday, Ricky Thornton Jr. continues to lead the Lucas standings with Hudson O'Neill, Brandon Overton, and Tim McCready currently holding down the four locked-in championship chase spots. Chris Madden, Jonathan Davenport were prelim winners at this event a year ago, while Brandon Overton is the defending winner. With the Outlaws off this weekend, you should see quite a few of those teams tow up for this event uh, and join the Lucas regulars. I think that'll include names like Bobby Pierce, Chris Madden, Brandon Shepard, and probably a lot more. RTJ has currently won four straight Lucas features and seven of his last eight. Tonight's racing can be watched live on Flow Racing if you cannot get there. All right, I posted in the YouTube channel community tab yesterday looking for questions for a Q&A segment. So let's jump in. Quite a few questions from everybody. Uh, we'll start it off. Meg C has two questions. Uh, who do I think is the best up and coming dirt racer and what can be done to make sprint cars safer? Uh, looking at up and coming dirt racers kind of depends on the series, how far down you want to go. I think a couple of names that are interesting right now, Corey Day on the sprint car side, obviously a young guy from California winning a ton out there. And I think we'll probably see him more and more come back East to do some different things on the late model side. Uh, I like what Drake Trotman's doing right now with the summer nationals. I know he hasn't quite broken out for that first win yet, but he's won a ton in modifieds. He's been very fast with the summer nationals this year, uh, you know, on that late model side. And Trey Mills, 15-year-old kid, just won the Hunt the Front show at Why Not Motorsports Park. Uh, definitely one to maybe keep an eye on kind of in that southern part of the country. As for sprint car safety, it's really tough. We kind of need to just continue pushing on all fronts. We need facilities to be better. We need cars to be safer. Uh, and, and it's difficult because, you know, the entire sprint car community is using the same chassis, the same parts and pieces that they have for a very long time. So any major changes affect a lot of different people, a lot of different teams. And so... As the series and tracks work through a lot of this stuff, they have to be really careful about how they go about this. And you could bury these teams pretty easily. But I think the fire safety systems, uh, the fire suppression systems are a move in the right direction. There's obviously still some things that need to be worked out there. But hopefully, you know, better safety gear for the drivers, more safer cars, more safer racetracks. And we can, you know, hopefully start to avoid some of these guys getting injured. In a similar vein, Jim asks, Gent uh, Jim asks, should a stronger area around the driver of a sprint car, like a survival cell, bigger tubing, et cetera, be mandatory? I'm not exactly sure what the answers are here. You know, you normally think kind of the further away from impacts you can get the driver, the better off you're going to be. Um, but obviously, like I just said, you know, making sprint cars bigger or, or changing things around the driver is going to have a big kind of, you know, uh, triple down, uh, trickle down effect for, you know, anybody that's running a sprint car. So you got to be careful with that stuff. You don't want to put people out of business, but obviously you want people to be safe as well. But anything we can do is better than, you know, what we have right now. Uh, Paul wants to know if we have uh, too many classes in dirt track racing. And I think there's probably an argument to be made that that's true. Uh, you know, it, it's obviously an issue at some of these racetracks where they're running seven, eight, nine, ten divisions on a Friday or Saturday night. You know, obviously, they're trying to get as many cars into the facility as they can. That helps the back gate. 
Um, but you know, there's just, I, I don't know why you would want to sit through that many divisions of race cars. And obviously there could definitely be some consolidation. I don't even know how many different modified divisions there are at this point, uh, you know, with different crate engines and different spoilers and, you know, tires. And I mean, it's like, there's stuff all over the place, but I, I do think there are probably too many divisions. Uh, Jeremy's question is, why can't dirt track racing be a unified sport? Is there a benefit in splitting the viewing platforms between USAC versus All-Stars versus Outlaws? Both other, uh, other sports on a national and global stage have a unified platform to follow the sport. Is that not a missing piece in the uh, evolution of the sport to the next level? I certainly agree. You know, I think uh, y- there could probably, you know, be a little bit of paring down of, of some of the streaming services and some of the sanctioning bodies, but it, it won't happen. Things are so territorial. You know, everybody wants to have their piece of the pie. Uh, and unless somebody starts coming in and buying up a whole bunch of stuff, uh, I just don't see that happening. We've seen a little bit of the cons- that co- types of consolidation like in the past, 15, 20 years ago, kind of with what World Racing Group, you know, kind of how they started out. Uh, but it becomes very difficult to try to manage all of that and run all of that. So uh, it probably should happen. I don't know that I would hold my breath for it to actually happen. Uh, Brian asks, why don't dirt lay models have a 32-gallon fuel cell like they did for decades? And he says, is methanol legal in dirt lay models? Uh, I don't know why the change. Current cells uh, via the Lucas and Outlaw rulebooks say that uh, late model fuel cells have to be 32 gallons. Uh, I don't know that a three-gallon difference really matters all that much. I mean, we've already got 100-lap late model races. I don't know why they would need much more fuel than that. Uh, Methanol is legal to be run uh, in late models. Uh, Clippo asks about different ways to treat racetrack surfaces instead of water. His original question is quite lengthy. Uh, mentions oil being used in the past at certain services, and uh, he's wondering if there's maybe other environmentally friendly alternatives. Uh, and I'm assuming this question comes from some of the issues we've seen this year with tracks taking rubber and having issues and things like that. Uh, I don't know about the science of dirt racing, you know, of dirt track surface preparation, things like that. I don't know if there would be alternatives out there. Um, obviously, a company would have to develop something, and then, you know, is there a big enough market for them to sell it? There's obviously a lot of questions around whether that's possible or not. And like his original question says, treating tracks with water is just really cheap and easy to do. Uh, Drake wants to know if I have any sleepers uh, for the million Kings Royal outside of the ones that I mentioned on the videos. He's uh, He thinks Brian Brown is somebody who could surprise some folks and contend. I don't think Brian Brown is actually a surprise at Eldora. You know, we've seen Brownie run really well at Eldora plenty of times in the past. Uh, you know, the, I think the guys we're going to watch out for right now, Rico, uh, you know, David Gravel is a guy who has a ton of momentum coming into this week. You know, I think Brian Brown, Anthony Macri, you know, you look at a guy like Brent Marks uh, past that. I think it's going to be pretty tough. You know, I, you know Logan Shuhart is, I think, another guy that's going to be really, uh, really good at Eldora. But, the, you know, the, there's so much speed there. Things have to be so right. And you obviously have to know how to really kind of navigate that racetrack and, and kind of be on full send the whole time. I just don't know that we're going to see somebody maybe a little bit lesser known jump up and win uh, one of these races. Uh, Dirt in My Beer says, why do you think regions of America are separated as far as a place like Pennsylvania being a sprint car state? Or if you go down south, it's all late models. Why has it been that way? Uh, You know, it's just regionalization. You know, it's, you know, you only have big block modifieds in the Northeast. They don't really exist anywhere else. You've got different types of modifieds depending on where you go. There's all sorts of of that type of thing. And it's really difficult for those things to bleed over, right? Like, you know, if there's nowhere for, you know, sprint car teams in the south to race, then there's not going to be a proliferation of sprint car teams. And, you know, if there's no sprint car teams, then why would anybody want to start a sprint car series? So it's kind of chicken or the egg type problem. And, and you know, things are the way they are because they've kind of always been that way. You know, Pennsylvania is obviously a heavy sprint car area. You know, California, Ohio, you know, late models are big in the South and some places, you know, kind of Illinois. Um, so, you know, I just, I wouldn't expect things to kind of grow beyond that. Um, 
Nope, sorry, you're wrong, wants to know a psychological question. Why do racers fight tooth and nail on the track, sometimes ending in punches being thrown, but then when one of us wrecks, all the competition comes running to help fix a competitor's car. Why do we do this? Uh, it's it's just a community, man. Like you're you're going to get caught up in in the competition of the moment and somebody, you know, you feel like somebody does something wrong to you, you're going to react to that. You know, speeds are high, which means your reaction times and and you know your your dander is going to be up a little bit, but Nobody wants to see somebody else fail. You know, if, if you're, you know, your car is crashed, you're going to have a ton of people jumping in to help because it's a community and, you know, everybody knows what everybody else is up against. Everybody knows how expensive things are. So uh, it's not surprising to me that it can be that way, that one second we can be fighting and the next second we can be helping each other out. Finally today, Kenny wants to know Joseph Joyner's chance at Why Not in a mod. Uh, if you don't know, Joseph Joyner is going to run this weekend uh, at Why Not Motorsports Park in a Chase Holland car. Uh, Chase is actually a fellow YouTuber as well, besides the Hunt the Front guys. Uh, I think Joseph is actually a really talented driver. I know there are tons of haters out there who you know want to see Hunt the Front fail and don't think they're very good and all of that type of stuff. But I think Joseph is actually a pretty talented race car driver. And and jumping in a car like you know Chase has got some nice stuff. I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be able to do well there. All right. Thanks, everybody, for the questions. We'll do this again in the future. That's it for today's show. Make sure to hit up that streaming schedule over at dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. Hope you guys have a good Thursday out there. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. <laughs>